Welcome to Time Out for Anesthesia. In these episodes, you'll hear a variety of experts discuss data, analytics, and strategies that can help you modernize and empower your anesthesia practice. We want this podcast to really benefit you, so if you have any questions or a specific topic you'd like Time Out to discuss, you can email us at timeout at grapheumhealth.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Time Out for Anesthesia. I'm excited to tell you that we have back with us Courtney Franco, or Franco, depending on how you want to pronounce that, um, with Imagine Healthcare. Um, Great to have you back, Courtney. How are you? I'm awesome. I hope you are. Thank you. I am. I am awesome. Um, I'm I'm ready to be done with winter. Preach. I'm in Charlotte. It's already snowed here three times. I moved away from Michigan. You know, snow is a four letter word to me. So, so yeah, born and raised in Texas. So it's like 40 degrees outside right now. And I'm really whiny about it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like four layers and yeah. So it hailed, it hailed last night. That's so brutal. there was that. Yeah. I'm okay. So well, for like an electric blanket in these months. Ah, there's nothing like it. My husband, not so much, but me, totally. Okay, gotcha. Taking notes. Um, so, so Courtney, last time we we trailed off on a topic that I want to pick back up um, because I think it's extremely important, and I think it really um, comes back to the heart of why we're all doing what we're doing. Um, and we we talked kind of broadly about revenue cycle management and billing. Specifically, we talked about data and what all it can do for healthcare providers and what it can do for practices at large and um, things like that. But ultimately, our conversations tend to narrow down towards this one topic, and that is, what is it that we're doing that's going to impact the patient? Because everyone that we talk to, that's why they're doing what they're doing anyway, Right. Um, and it's great if we're affecting the bottom line. Fantastic. Do people need to make more money? Definitely. Do they need to be making accurate money? Yes, absolutely. But by and large, if we only focus on the bottom line, uh, we'll all get burnout. Um, so important to focus on our why and our why I think for all of us is the patient experience. Um, and both of our companies, Graphium and Imagine, are in the software field. Um, and so we deal with technology on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how technology is affecting the patient. Um, and especially I want to bring that into the context of the uh, post-COVID or can we call it the post-COVID world? Can I would, I, yes. Okay. I would like to start doing that. Okay. Uh, it started. I would like to assume world. that the best <laughs> Um, so anyway, post intra COVID, wherever we are inside of the, now that COVID has come around, um, what do you think, um, how have you seen technology begin to affect patients in a different way? Um, now that COVID has come about. Yeah, well, look, um, you have a great point, David, at the end of it, we are all patients. You're a patient. I'm a patient. Um, you know, so, so we are, we can never lose sight of that, right? Because, um, 
the data that we protect is so important. Um, the people that we serve are so important. Um, and, and nobody is immune from, from this condition of being a patient at some point. Um, so, you know, making the patient experience better um, is can be really challenging from a billing side, sure. right? Um, especially in a medical situation, you know, if the procedure is not elective and it's something that's traumatic, then following up with a traumatic experience with all of these bills that a patient might receive. And, and certainly if they're not well-informed of the hospital space and how many different bills they might receive as a result of a, of a trauma visit um, can be really challenging and, and overwhelming, right. To navigate. Right. Um, so there are a couple of things that I've seen uh, that I think have really done a, a nice job with the in increasing maybe a patient satisfaction score. Um, first is just the ability to properly communicate patient balances and, and how in a better patient facing statement, right? So that can be really important, making sure that there's clarity on those statements as to, you know, what lies with the insurance, what lies is patient responsibility, and then giving the patient an easy way to make that payment, um, you know, my husband and I kind of joke around. It's, it's like the QR code was sitting around with the pager and neither one of them were doing anything. And then COVID hit and the QR code was like, I'm tapping in again. You know, I've been around for years. Nobody's used me, but now, now is my time. Um, right. Everyone knows how to use a QR code, right? From, from my kids taking pictures of things on toys, which is, we'll talk about it later. That's probably <laughs> Um, to, to, you know, my, um, mother-in-law who is the least technical savvy person that I know taking pictures of QR codes in restaurants. Um, so when people are receiving bills and, and trying to navigate a patient portal and things of that nature, that QR code has been really critical in terms of getting them online, um, and getting them to the correct resources. Um, so I think that's part of it. Right. Um, I also think that the ability to look at um, a patient holistically and say, hey, you know, based on, you know, some of the propensity to pay data that we're able to, to find on the patient and reaching out to patients who might be struggling financially to proactively offer um, payment plans and things of that nature is also just a really great gesture. Right. So, Yes. And it's something that it's something that practices that are independent um, really have to be mindful of, right? Because they they don't right. necessarily have the luxury in their community of of being deemed insensitive to what's going on in that community, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you see the struggle on both sides, right? Um, we have um, we've begun working with a lot of facilities who have a high volume of self-pay patients um, and collections along those lines become, you know, really complicated because on the one hand, well, you need to get paid for your services, but on the other hand, how do I at the same time express compassion for the person I've just provided the service for in the middle of this trauma and now they're going to get a bill and everything like that. Um, and I can, I can think about that 
from the graphene perspective. And I can think about that from a patient perspective. Like you said, we're all patients. And I remember having a procedure done, paying for some things up front, thinking I was good. And then I get home and there's an anesthesia bill in the mail. And I don't, I paid for, I paid for my, what are you talking about? Right. And it was a surprise to me. Um, so I love, I love the language that you're using, um, that it's not, it's not probably ever going to feel good to bill anyone. Right. But you right. can make that such a better experience by, by being, and you use this word beautifully by being proactive in the billing. Um, so when we think about, uh, Graphium is right in the middle of delivering, uh, prepayment collections for anesthesiologists, which if you're familiar with the anesthesia billing cycle, that's how we're, nobody cares if anesthesia gets paid up front. Um, and so what we're trying to offer is instead of surprising your patient after their surgery, once they get home with some bill in the mail that honestly, if it's me, I'm going to be like, I don't know you and rip it up and throw it in the trash. Um, if you know, maybe, maybe huh. I'd pay it. Just, I'm, I'm being hypothetical. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely would. Um, but I would feel so much better about it if I knew what was coming ahead of time and was even offered, Hey, uh, you can, you can make a payment up front if you want. Um, so you already know some things, you already know what's coming. You're if, yeah, it doesn't feel good to bill, but you are helping the patient experience by being proactive about your communication. Yeah. So I think, I think your point is huge. Yeah. So, you know, um, at this point, I think the statistic is that the patient is the third largest payer in the country, right? So right after Medicare and Medicaid, it's the patient um, because so much of that responsibility has been shifted to the patient um, that, and oftentimes I feel like they're maybe ill-informed, right? They think they've signed up for coverage um, and the coverage they either don't understand the term of coinsurance or deductibles or because it's, it's, if you're not in the space, every single, I don't day, understand that. <laughs> it's like me trying to apply for a mortgage. Like when you only have to deal with those things, like once every five, 10, 30 years, right. Um, hopefully you're not waiting 30 years to go to the doctor. That's just a really bad plan. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, using the, that those benefits can can be challenging to understand, you know, the bills that you're receiving in the mail. I mean, gosh, my, you know, at the time, my 18 month old needed tubes in his ears and just the sheer number of bills that we received from that. And we had wonderful insurance, um, but we were still paying a tremendous amount out of pocket and they did a really great job of, of explaining what was going to happen, the process upfront, what I could expect, who I could expect those bills from, right? Because the, the ear, eye, nose, and throat, the ENT was different than the anesthesia group that was serving them, was different than the surgery center in which it happened. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so they actually gave me a list of all of the places that I could expect bills from, right, wrong, or indifferent. But at least I wasn't surprised when it happened. Um, And and I do think, you know, we could hospitals uh, systems could probably do a better job of that. And and yet I do understand that, you know, we can't put all of the onus on them. Um, We have to have some shared responsibility in all of this. Um, But it can be challenging to navigate to just understand. Right. 
And bringing us back to kind of our kind of our core topic, uh, the advances in technology are making this all possible because early on, and even even most of the way it works still right now, is if there's not a person standing at the front desk to greet the patient and to physically take a payment from them, right? How's it how's it going to happen, right? And for anesthesia specifically. Um, they don't see the patient until they are, you know, in pre-op and they're talking through them. Do you have any allergies? Uh, things like that. I see you're in your gown. Great. Can you also swipe your credit card right here is a really, yeah, is a really awkward way to go about that, right? But, but now you mentioned QR codes, things like that. We have this little device that everybody carries around um and it's just made everything and if healthcare could catch up to it a little bit which i think both of our companies are so committed to helping them do um then all of a sudden you're taking you don't need a person standing at the front desk anymore somebody can get a text message right yeah. and it says hey you should be anticipating a bill from this anesthesia group who's going to be helping you during your upcoming procedure that you know about and um you could actually make a payment right now just click this button Right. Yeah. Um, and if, so much. Know, and all we need is a phone number and we're good. Yeah. And furthermore, you know, the more you can integrate things like eligibility in there and you start you start talking about where the patient stands with their deductibles and things like that, then you can even further educate the patient to say, you know, here's where you stand on an, on on the annual deductible that, you know, you have to meet. Um, you can expect to receive these bills it would, it would probably be in everyone's best interest if you go ahead and pay something up front. Um, that way there's no surprises. You understand, you'll see this payment, you know, on your statement when it comes in the mail, you'll have a very firm understanding of, of where you stand with us. Um, I think there's just so many opportunities for us to use. The, the problem is perhaps, uh, is that not the problem, the opportunity lies in, um, and the idea of, of, of kind of bringing all of those systems together, all of these um, kind of disjointed systems that we have, making them all talk to one another um, will result in a much better patient experience, all the way from registration to collection of, of balance, right? Um, so, and that's kind of where our two companies come in is that y'all are kind of on that front end clinical aspect of it. Um, and then we're on the back end billing aspect of it, trying to kind of tidy things up at the end. So I think if there's any type of, you know, collaboration between, you know, the clinical system, the clearinghouse to, to know more about the patient benefits, the billing application, and any time where you can get more than two systems talking to each other for the benefit of the patient, the better off you're going to be. Uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but that has been our constant communication and constant hurdle since our inception is, hey, will your system please talk to our system? And there's so many, so many just alarms go off in people's minds of, well, what about HIPAA compliance? And do we have a BAA signed? And are you SOC 2 compliant? And well, how secure is this going to be? And all of this stuff. Um not realizing even even HIPAA regulations, their original purpose was to get these to to give you a method by which to speak to one another. Remember that one, <laughs> right? Right, um, and that all got I think mistranslated over time. And here's all the ways not to do things. 
Right. Um, and maybe we've kind of gotten stuck thinking that way of here's how not to communicate ever, as opposed yeah. to thinking, well, look, here's a wonderful roadmap yeah. for how we could all collaborate and communicate and then make the patient experience kind of cohesive and normal. Yeah, here's the challenge, right? Um, we're all, uh, we all face a tremendous amount of liability for the data that we have. Um, not only to keep it safe from bad actors, right? So company, you know, all these uh, different threats that are trying to um, infiltrate our systems independently, but then also making sure that those data connections are secure enough uh, to meaningfully transfer that data back and forth between our systems. So um, I think it's, I, I think if everyone just approaches this a little bit more from, hey, we're all patients, how can we make this experience even better for ourselves going forward? If everyone approached it, all of us, all of these companies with that mindset, we would probably get even farther faster, right? right. Um, we certainly have to be uh, cautious in how we approach things and make sure that we're doing our due diligence um, and that we're monitoring for intrusion threats and, and things of that nature. But with all of the ransomware and all of the all of the technology challenges that we face, I understand where people can be a little um, skittish and, and shy about. Mm, let's pump the brakes. Let's figure out you know how to share this data um, securely. Sure. We just can't allow that to to be a stop play for us. We have to continue to push forward for the benefit of the patient. Right. Yeah, totally agree. Um, once again, fantastic points, Courtney. Um, and thank you so much for being here. We always get so much accomplished. Yes. My pleasure. I feel like we're thank solving all the world's problems. I mean, I haven't had all of my tea just yet, but... Just give me another half cup. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. <laughs> no pun imagine. intended, right? Yeah. I, I mentioned it twice for a reason. <laughs> Thank you so much. And give our thanks to Imagine Software for letting us borrow you for a little bit. Um, always a pleasure and hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye.